0: off the
1: groove with scotty dubler friday april 23rd 2021 episode number 182
2: did you say blink 182 no episode number 182 i I, I had to go with that i really did that's a good one you're not going to be able to
1: use that one ever again so you got to get that one in And,
2: and, and while we're saying 182 that was actually a good friend of mine who i used to race motocross against that was his number james carmen uh that was his number in motocross 182 what's going
1: on man Nothing, man. How are you? Oh man, I am on cloud nine still. I'm I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited to be doing another episode. And I'm just excited yeah. in general.
2: Got to go some flat track last weekend.
1: Yes, sir. Yes.
2: Hey, I didn't ask them at all, our, our our guests this weekend. Describe the racetrack to us in your words.
1: Oh man, I can't do that. I'm not the guy to do that. Why I don't not? even know how long I don't even know the size of it. It's tiny. It's itty bitty. What? Well,
2: what okay smallest track you've been to no maybe okay i don't know yeah All right. i think it was probably what, what what gear were you running i
1: was running i was flat out the whole weekend i don't know <laughs> um i don't know man see that's the stuff that i can't i can't speak to but okay. i can like interview some talking. people and get some good interviews and some nice little videos um which i did Was the tracks was the track smooth the
2: track was smooth the track was smooth a lot of was there a lot of rubber by the end of the event yeah 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 so it was, it was a groove racetrack it wasn't a cushion track it, yeah yes it absolutely was in, was in your opinion in your opinion was it fast
1: um i think it's too small to be fast but okay but right. for for the size of this track it was it was fast
2: okay and what that's good though short track racing it's all right in front of you that's why the fans dig it mm-hmm. sometimes you have to get physical to make a pass sometimes you have to think outside the box to make a pass so that's why a lot of people love short track racing you know some people like mile racing some like short track some like it all i like it all short track racing you have to be aggressive
1: yeah yeah it was definitely fun to watch for sure and if you were right there on the fence i mean you were right there where the action was it was right up right up against the fence and uh i'll tell you what the people that came out they let it all hang out we had some uh, pretty interesting races they definitely did not go home disappointed with the racing that they saw
2: and, and tons and tons of spectators showed up yeah. and that's good for our promoters and we're gonna talk to the promoters here in just a little bit but uh i'm happy it went off smooth uh, i'm happy they had a good turnout and i hope they do more races i
1: will see man i think that you know based on the feedback and based on the uh turnout at this event they'd be crazy not to do some more so um we'll get into that here in a little bit um i definitely had a good time got to see a bunch of people that i hadn't seen in a while um a bunch of people that i hadn't seen at a flat track event for a while too so that's good um and then some from other places as well right sammy was announcing his announcing debut um turner racing was out there in full force the you know Honda, the whole Honda team was out there. Cameron Smith made it out there. Uh I saw Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson was out there with his family. Uh Court Texter was out there. Saw some hooligans. Saw the uh Jason Griffin, flat track warrior okay. folks That's out cool. there. Yeah, man. It was yeah. it was just nonstop. I saw I ran into Tristan Avery at the track, dude. He was walking around. It was so good to see Tristan awesome. at the track awesome. again uh with his fiance. And I don't know, man. It was just nonstop. Nonstop. And and running around and Just so many feel-good stories throughout the weekend uh, across the board.
2: Do you you have a favorite moment of race day or even practice day?
1: Well, I made it up pretty late on practice day, so I missed all that. But there's a couple of them, man. There was one time where I'm sitting in the tower with with Hacker, and I just put the camera in his face. I was like, what do you think about this turnout? And his reaction was so genuine and real. He, He did not expect the turnout, and he was just beside himself. Um, That was really cool. I wasn't there for the cop incident, but the cops showed up. That was pretty interesting. Uh, It was cool to see, uh, watch Hacker in the infield. That was probably my favorite moment. I got to stand next to Hacker, watching his daughter race her first race. And uh, I had a camera in his face the whole time, recorded the audio, just watching his reaction, uh, watching her go around the track, and then to see him get on on that bike and take the checkered flag and the lap i don't think anything beats that
2: man yeah yeah and and she sang the national anthem to start the show she
1: she she was the show man she was and and i mean it was just really cool like i just just conversations with fans dude every single person there was so excited that that there was flat track racing anywhere in the state of Virginia. Like some of them drove hours to be there because they heard about it. Um, There was racers that used to be, you know, big on the scene there in Virginia uh, that hadn't seen flat track racing uh, anywhere near there. So the energy was just insane all night from start to finish. Really, really, really cool.
2: Awesome. I wish I could have been there. I was busy uh, monster trucking up (laughs) in Enid, Oklahoma this last weekend. We had uh, it was kind of a smaller show there's four monster trucks but all four trucks were awesome yeah the show itself was great uh we did like three or four different rounds of racing for monster trucks we did wheelies we had tough trucks and some of those guys were going crazy and then the right after intermission we had a little kids power race i have i have fun with the kids you know they really go for it they go after it and i had a lot of fun with uh with those kids and then uh monster truck racing final monster truck freestyle wrapped it all up and it was a lot of fun stony went up there with me he did the invocation and he killed it and uh, man i'm just i'm ready to get back to some flat track well
1: a couple weeks away when well, not this weekend but next weekend we'll be right back at it so um uh, that said man i haven't seen a ton on the on the uh, american flat track side of things except for the big pastrana news right he's he's confirmed he's in it, uh right. what else uh have you seen anything on your end
2: that's about it, you know. I just—it's been pretty quiet, so I think they're just kind of waiting for the season to get going. And yeah. and uh, man, I am waiting for it too. I'm ready for Atlanta. Seems like after Atlanta, we we'll get we get rolling on down to Texas. Then we got Joliet coming up. So uh, May's looking a little bit busier than it has been lately. And I, I hate the big break in between the first round and the and the second, third round. There for a while, it seemed like we went from Daytona to Atlanta to Charlotte, or Daytona, Charlotte, Atlanta, whatever, kept us all right there and and got the season going but this year it seems like it's a little bit of a break in the action for a while and it's driving me crazy
1: yeah it will pick back up here in the next week and then uh once we once the bikes hit the track man you know there'll be all kinds of content live stuff coming um where i see you know it's been quiet on the on the uh american flat track front the local scene dude have you seen what's going on there's so many events popping up all over dude like it is unreal the amount of race flyers i'm seeing on these uh, social pages from the flat track well, community
2: it's always like that carter you just never seen it before so it's it's always been there it is it is it seems like it's gaining a little bit more popularity yeah uh, i had an option uh, opportunity Uh, possibly to go up to Cedar Lake, Wisconsin, which is right on the border of Minnesota, Wisconsin. Unfortunately, couldn't make the deal. Uh, New promoters taking over that event. Just to get me up there would cost them more than they could probably afford to pay, Mm -hmm. which I get it. You know, I I understand, you know, they're they're out there throwing their neck out there just like who we're going to talk to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I can't go to every race, and that's okay. I'm all right with that. But, you know, I wish I could have been up there to help them. But um, before we get into this week's uh, show... Uh, one of our patrons, mm-hmm. Ron Jackson, sent us a message on Patreon. Ron's question is, what is the reason that Indians have come so dominant? Years ago, they said the reason Harleys were so good is because they could put the power to the dirt or the ground. Don't they all have to have the same horsepower? And that's Ron Jackson. Well, they all they have similar horsepower. But my opinion is India did their research. They yeah. came ready to race. The bike is just it's great as soon as you buy it. And they hook up the power. The power gets hooked to the ground and it drives them forward up the corners. Um, my dad, I, t- I talked to Fast Eddie and he said the massive size of the crank shaft, they made the cavity for the crank to fit in the cases. So the cases are larger, It mm-hmm. uh, holds bigger size weight, whereas you know, the Japanese brand can only do so much. They can't expand it any bigger from what, what it comes to the factory. So that that crank and that flywheel get going and it just puts the traction and the wheel to the ground you know the the tire to the ground that drives them forward we also reached out to one of our patrons on patreon dale jones who's a tech official for uh, aft and he said the xr 750 harley was a a purpose-built race bike same exact thing for the indian ftr 750 so uh in a nutshell that's the best we can come up with as i'm not a mechanic but uh that's just my two cents and getting, you know, my dad, who's been a mechanic forever and Dale Jones, who's been around the sport forever. That's the best we can describe it. So uh, thanks for the question. And we appreciate it. We'll try to answer anybody's questions we can, you know, sometimes here on off the group. Sometimes we'll just message you back on Patreon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You want my insight?
2: Yes. Tell me. Tell me why the Indian is so much faster than the rest of the bikes.
1: It's newer.
2: That's all I got. That is a fact. Yeah, that is a fact.
1: Um, that's all I got. All right, we can move on here. So, uh, anything else before we
2: get into this week's episode? No, nothing. Nothing in Patreon. Nothing. No, Tim is a uh, right?
1: Tim is just saying saying how much he loved uh, the hacker video. So, and the feedback oh, cool. on that Good. one was insane, man. We're still getting all kinds yeah. of uh, love yeah. and engagement on that. So, uh, it's super cool, man. I just love bringing that shit to people and and just kind of uh putting my own little spin on it there's all kinds of videos yet to come still from that event i haven't even shown you guys half of it so um that's kind of what we're we're doing left out right now just trying to capture as much as we can show little bits here and there and kind of build what we're what this thing's going to be for 2022 and beyond so um appreciate you guys tagging along for sure
2: and the people that are listening here on off the groove that are not sure what left out is it's it's sammy sabedra chris carter and myself um trying to give a whole nother aspect a different view of racing it doesn't have to be flat track either we've talked it over we might yep. broaden the horizons we might go do a bowling event you never know so <laughs> left left out watch out i mean check it out yeah it's a follow
1: it's coming uh it's coming we're, we, we got putting uh slowly putting it together we we're actually have a little powwow after this recording and uh chat about what's next maybe look at some calendar dates and uh see what's uh what's next for left out so stay tuned uh we definitely got more coming And trust me, we just getting started.
2: That's right. All right. Well, let's jump into this episode. I cannot wait to share this one with everybody.
1: All right. So Uh, we gave it away already a little bit. Uh, There was an amazing event last Saturday. Uh, The RVA Flat Track, uh, which consists of Mike Hacker and John Nickens, right? They came together and... mm -hmm. Formed RVA Flat Track. Uh, they put on an event this weekend, had a Friday practice, uh, Saturday event uh, that I was up there for. Uh, and Sammy Sebedra was the announcer. It was super cool. Just, there's no other option this week, right? Like, with that event going as well as it did,
2: we wanted to have these guys on uh, and understand how it came to be. We recorded on Tuesday. I hope everybody enjoys it just as much as Carter and myself did. Dial them up. Let's do it. Joining us on the podcast, former national number sixty-seven and former number seventeen, Mike Hacker. Of course, we know him as sixty-seven, and John Nickens, number seventeen. Hey, what's going on, fellas?
0: Same old stuff. How you doing? I'm just,
2: yeah, I hear you. I I am just kind of hanging out in Oklahoma, wishing I was in Virginia last weekend. I got to watch all of it on Left Out. It looked like a super cool event. I want to talk about the event here in just a little bit, but that's the reason we're having you on. But to set the stage, let's back up a little bit and talk about the Hackman first. Mike Hacker from Virginia, number 67, from 1995 to 2010, a rookie way back in 1993. Man, that is a long time ago. Hacker, uh, you had a successful career. What have you been up to?
0: I've just been slinging mortgages and, uh, and, you know, trying to raise these two little girls and, uh, trying to get some flat tracking in when I can. Are
2: are you Uh, still helping out? I know, I know you helped out the factory Harley team for a little while and, and we're still involved on the grand national side of things. Are you done doing that right now or just kind of taking a break or what, what's that, what's that looking like?
0: I would say a break, you know, Jake and I, uh, Jake decided he was going to take a break and, um, that that kind of pushed me into the area where I thought it would be a good time for me to take a break as well and uh, kind of concentrate on some other things. Uh, stay stay involved in the sport as much as I can, but maybe take a small break away from the national scene.
2: And how old are you, the two little girls right now?
0: I have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old.
2: All right. We're going to talk more about those two in just a little bit. Um, what's it like racing and growing up in Virginia?
0: Well... John, John can probably uh, agree with me. Racing in Virginia and growing up in Virginia meant that you had to get in the truck and drive three to ten hours every weekend to <laughs> cut some <lights>. laps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's how it. that's how we we spent our career was traveling. There really wasn't a whole lot going on in Virginia, so in order in order to do it, we had to travel.
2: I got you, John Nickens, National Number Seventeen from two thousand and one to two thousand and three. Um, I have down here is your first national was at the Daytona short track and it was the day after you turned expert. Is that right?
3: That is correct. How, that was, so that how, was a pretty good day.
2: I, I would say so. If you can make the main event at the Daytona short track, that's a damn good day. Cause I never did that in my career. That was, that place was a crap shoot. So do you remember that day? Like it was yesterday?
3: Uh, actually I do. Uh, last lap in the semi, you had to win your semi to, qualify for the main jason flatcher slipped just a little bit coming off of four and i um, that was my first national wow
2: wow that is so cool and then your first national on a twin was on an xr at charlotte and if i'm not mistaken that was when mike hacker who's also we're talking to won the charlotte half mile so that was in 2000
3: yeah it was a good day for the virginia guys tim eats made the, his first main i made my first main on xr and then Hacker won his first Grand National. So I think he rode for Johnny Goat at the time.
2: That is so yep, crazy! What what yeah, what a big circle that is! So Hacker, what was it about Charlotte that the Virginia boys went so fast? at? was it similar to the tracks you guys raced at in Virginia?
0: Red Clay, you know, I, I feel like uh, you know the Richmond Fairgrounds, which John and I got to race a little bit before it shut down at the Big Speedway um that was that was red clay pennsylvania had red clay down south had red clay so we kind of grew up on the clay in the groove and uh charlotte just felt like home to me i don't know I, i'm sure john would say the same but it just felt perfect you know the track felt like it was built for a virginian
2: so so john were you faster on the clay tracks like like hackers talking about or did you did you like the pea gravel tracks because there, there's pea gravel not too far away also
3: I liked them both, but I was partial to the clay. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Hacker, you, you won the 883
2: championship in 1995. Did you like racing those big heavy hogs?
0: You know, they they weren't that bad to me. Uh, they, they didn't handle great, but they were very heavy motorcycles. And I got to tell you, 883s taught me how to race miles because we were all running the same stuff, same speed, and you had to you had to be smart and play the game and set yourself up. And I I, I believe that doing that made me a, a good miler because you had to figure out some way to, to beat people. But they were great until they until they went bad, you know. Front end you know, Pat used to always uh joke on me because I'd continuously whine about the front end pushing. And, uh, when that front end pushed on a 400 pound motorcycle and you're 140 <laughs> pounds soaking wet, it typically ended up with you on your head.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those things were heavy and you definitely have to have, had to have corner speed. John, did, did you race anything other than flat track?
3: No, it was flat. Tra- well, I did some drag after the Richmond fairgrounds shut down. We went drag racing for three or four years, dirt drags. And right. it was pretty boring.
2: Well, yeah, because it's, it's so, over in a matter of seconds. Then you sit around for a couple hours to do it again, right?
3: Correct. So we uh, we went back to, we started going back traveling to Pennsylvania, racing with those guys. And you want to talk about some tough guys running up there after you hadn't run for a couple of years. Those guys were tough. <laughs> yeah, the
2: Pennsylvania riders are always tough, and there's, there's so many of them, and there's still so many of them. Um, I don't know what it is in the water in Pennsylvania, but they make some good sprint car drivers and some good flat trackers. Hackman, you won four four Grand Nationals, 2001, Charlotte, 2002, the Claremore, Oklahoma Mile, and Decoin Mile, and then 2006, the Minerwells Half Mile. Was was one of those races your favorite race ever, or do you have another one?
0: Uh, you know, it's funny. You know, racing was never easy for me. I had to work very hard at it, and so, <clears throat> therefore, everything was had something special about it. You know, my first win was my my first win. Uh, obviously, that's super special and worked so hard. and then you know Claremore was a was a uh, I never was a cushion rider, and uh, you know had a rough time at it. It wasn't slow, but had a rough time at it. and then I went out and went a cushion mile, and then um, go to decoy, Dequ- broke my leg right after Claire Moore, sat on the couch for two months. You know, bribe uh, or, or excuse me, talk my doctor doctor into releasing me <laughs> for the <DeCoyne>. coin, <laughs> and uh, go out and win the last race of the year with a rod in my left leg and couldn't stand up on, you know, uh, couldn't stand on that leg, and then, you know, shoulder injury. You're never gonna hold a paintbrush again. You better figure out something to do. And then I somehow luck up and get Parkersburg under my belt. So each one. Had its own little special story behind it, and they all, you know, meant quite a bit to me.
2: Absolutely, uh, John. Did you know, growing, to, growing up in Virginia, you probably watched Hacker when you were growing up. Did you guys ever, you know, travel together and and ride to the to the races together with with Hacker?
3: No, I don't think Hacker liked me a lot from when we raced at the <laughs> fairgrounds. Because <he>, his story <laughs> is his story is I knocked him off every time we went out on the track. He every got me by a couple time. years and he was he was bigger than me so the only thing i could do was knock him down
2: well i think you're bigger than i think you're bigger than him now but uh, let's back up a little bit so if he didn't like you when did you guys become friends i'll ask john this question first and i'm gonna ask
3: hacker his opinion no i'm just i'm just joking he, he didn't like me knocking him down but as we got older you know we had a mutual respect for him i, I respected him because he, he was always fast so you know when i was when i started back flat track riding I'll always, always watch Will Davis because he was he was super smooth. And then mm-hmm. Hacker, even though nobody really compares him to Will, he kind of had that smooth, small guy thing going on. So right. I, even though I would never admit it to his face, I, I, I still watch him.
2: <laughs> I, I love that. That is such a great answer. So, John, if I'm not mistaken, you were the first black guy to make a Grand National Main Event which means you're the first guy to hold a grand national number. What does that mean to you?
3: Um, you know, I, I, they, made, they made more of a big deal of it than I did back in 97s when I made my first national at the short track. My whole philosophy behind it was the greatest thing about racing is once we put a helmet on, none of, none, nothing else mattered. It was we were all competitors, didn't matter what color anybody was. If I had to knock somebody down to win, if they had to knock me down to win, that's all that matters.
2: There you go. I love it.
0: See? That's why he knocked me down all the
2: time. (laughs) Now we know. Now we know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He just said it. He just let the cat out of the bag.
2: (laughs) Yeah. He he just had to be up front. So, Hacker, uh, did you not like junks? He knocked you down? I mean, that's what short track racing is about. I mean, and then when did you guys become
0: friends? Well, I didn't know we were friends. (laughs) 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 <laughs> this is great. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. When we were when we were younger, when we went to the fairgrounds, John he knocked me down a couple nights, maybe every night uh, that we were there. And uh, <laughs> I remember thinking, why does he keep knocking me down, Dad? And my dad said, well, you need to go faster. <laughs> but wow. uh, John and I, John and I have always had a, a respect for each other. Um, we didn't get to travel much together because. We were always going in one direction or the other, and back then we had vans, and you can't get somebody, so many people in a van. But I've always uh, respected John, and we rode together, and um, I've always, uh, you know, we've been buddies forever. We just messing around.
2: <laughs> I got you. So, so John, one of the highlights I found, you know, looking through some notes and and getting getting notes from Burt Sumner is you won the AMA Hot Shoe National at the Barbara Fitchy Classic back in 1998. Tell me about that day.
3: Well, that day it rained most of the day, so the track was the track was perfect. I always liked the barber Fritchie Classic. That's the track that I first my first win on the XR, and that was the track that ended my career too. So, really, the, those those super those tracks you get super comfortable on, they tend to jump up and bite you from time to time.
2: Hmm. Well, tell tell me more about the career ending. I didn't I didn't know why you left. I was going to ask you about that a little bit later on, but but explain what happened.
3: I was passing Lawrence for the lead on the outside coming out of two, and everybody knows you don't pass on the outside at Barbara Fritchie. But I decided that my bike was fast enough. I was going to, and I clipped the fence, oh. and woke up in the hospital. Mm. So that's no fun. I, I I said at that time that I can make more money at a at a doing something else and i could racing motorcycles so that was the day that i stepped away
2: i hear you i hear you sometimes you don't get to pick the day sometimes you do and sometimes there's different you know underlying reasons and and i didn't know that happened so i i understand why you walked away uh hacker i got i did get some stats in i told you earlier before we got on the call that i didn't have any but i've got you at 12 grand national podiums one First four. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. One on the short track, seven on half mile, and four on miles. So uh, that's a pretty impressive career. I, I, I you know, I always knew you're up front all the time. I didn't think you're on the podium that many times, but I think that's uh, considered a successful career. Would you?
0: Yeah. You know, just like earlier when we were talking, when I messed up and told you I only won three, and I actually won four. <laughs> i kind of like you know jake and i share share the same way you know with race and then i kept getting hurt and i got to the point where i couldn't achieve what i thought i could uh, what i wanted to achieve so it's like i'm a big baby so i i kind of look at it my career like it wasn't that great because i'm sticking my lip out and i didn't do what i had wanted to do but you know i i think it was a pretty pretty good career uh if everybody knew where I came from, uh, you know, a little kid that probably shouldn't have been on a motorcycle, you know, I had to teach myself how to ride. I think I did pretty good. It was a lot of hard work to to do it. I wish, wish I could have did more. You always wish you could do more, but um, being able to win a grand nationals is, is kind of cool to be able to say that.
2: I, I got another follow-up question for Mike and then we're going to start talking about what happened last weekend. Uh, Hacker, you always, or I remember you always having that gold front wheel. Uh, where did that come about and why did you run the gold front, you know, rim?
0: So I got the race for Carl Patrick, uh, later on in my career with super trap. And, you know, everybody that knows Carl knows that Carl can pimp out a motorcycle. You know, he had a lot of style and that year we were blue and white and Carl said, I'm going to put some gold wheels on this thing. So, uh, (laughs) He bought, a, he bought a couple sets. I bought a couple sets. And uh, it was such a, a game changer for everybody. You know, all you heard about was the gold wheels. So after that year, uh, Carl and I parted ways, and I just stuck to it, you know, because I loved the way the bikes looked, and uh, I just loved the gold wheels. I just thought it looked, you know, I had a little bit of bling bling. So um, I just stuck with that and kept it until, you know, till I stopped.
2: Well, you know what I liked about it is, no matter where you're at in in the race, in you know, you could be in the middle of the pack, you could be out front, you could be at the back. You, we could always find you. You were so easy to find with that gold wheel because nobody else was doing that.
0: Yeah, it was definitely. You could see where I was, and it was, and uh, I tell you, there were so many. You know, I can't take credit for all for it because Carl was the originator, but I got so. It started so many conversations with sponsors and so many things because the bikes looked good, you know And and that showed that we were putting a lot of effort in but them gold wheels got me a lot of a lot of um, If I build another bike for my daughter, she's gonna get some gold wheels.
2: <laughs> there you go. There you go I love that John You you found some success or a lot of success. I should say after you stopped racing flat track tell the folks what you've been doing
3: well, I made I got in the car business and just because I needed health insurance and it just, it took off. I ended up going to finance school and now I'm the GM at Mechanicsville Toyota. And it's been good to me. I can't, other than the hours, I can't complain.
2: Does riding a motorcycle and racing, you know, for a living, does that give you the drive to succeed in the car business? Well,
3: well, I'll tell you, racing, racing creates a lot of uh, habits as far as you just want to win. So it's definitely transferred over to my career because I've always wanted to win and be the best. Right on. So,
2: Hacker, you've kind of done a couple different things after your racing career. I still see you at the racetrack from time to time. I haven't seen you this year yet. We've only had a few rounds. But you transitioned from a rider to being into, like, a rider coach slash mechanic.
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know, I tell everybody, Jake, Jake saved my life, Jake Johnson. I, uh, you know, quitting racing is tough. It's uh, you when you do something so long, and and all of a sudden it's over. It's it's a big mental change. It's a big uh, change in life. And luckily for me, you know, Jake and I had built some chemistry, and I was able to, you know, turn over to a rider coach slash setup guy and kind of help me through those real critical year, years when you put up your steel shoe and, and you don't have the adrenaline, you don't have the competition and you, you're bummed out because you can't do it anymore. I was able to live that through Jake and go racing with him and win some championships. And then later on with Kenny and then later on with Brad. Um, and in the process of all of that, I started a new career in uh, the mortgage world, the mortgage business. So I was able to go racing while I learned the mortgage business so that i could have a transition you know to a, a career like john said with got a career for um K, some good insurance and um be able to take care of the kids um and get them through college you know
2: it, it's awesome that you guys both found something to do after racing i got lucky and and picked up a microphone and and started announcing and here here i am Still getting to go to the sport, and, and you know, I didn't think I'd ever be an announcer, but, you know, things happened for a reason, and it all worked out. I want to talk about, to both of you guys, uh, about what happened last weekend. I mean, it's the big buzz right now. It's what everybody's talking about. I saw a lot of it was covered on Left Out, and I saw all the results. a Huge turnout, spectators and riders, but you guys were first-time promoters last weekend. Uh, John, how did this idea come together, uh, or should I ask Mike that question? Maybe I'll ask both of you. John, you can go
3: first. Well, me and Mike were sitting around. He he brings the kids over, and I built a track in my house. And we were sitting around talking, and it was kind of well. We we maybe we should buy a racetrack. Well, maybe we should put on a race because we just want we wanted somewhere for kids in this area to ride versus playing video games. So, it was just kind of an idea thrown out there, and then within a month and a half, maybe two months, we had a race that was just over. I was just all I can say is wow. How many people showed up? No kidding. No
2: kidding. So, Hacker, I, I kind of heard rumors that John started talking about having a race, and, and you knew where to get a water truck. I think that was kind of part of the conversation starter
0: too, right? Well, we, we started, uh, John and I were talking. John uh, got me a car for my wife, and then, you know, he said, hey, I built this really neat track out of the house, and I need a water <laughs> truck, and I, or a <laughs> water truck. Uh, uh, water tank and I said well I got the one from from the ride academy from the school just sitting out here collecting dust come on and get it you know and then he said I'll come get it but you got to promise me you're going to come out with the kids and ride and so he came got it got his track going and we went out there and rode and just just had a good time at his house eating food and watching them ride and then next thing you know we're talking about you know doing this and there's no racing around here and we ought to do this and then the next time we come out there riding we say well why don't why don't we do this? Well, I'll make that phone call. And then, uh, the next thing, you know, one day I was sitting at work and I got an email that said that me and John, uh, owned RVA flat track. <laughs> and, uh, and here we are. <laughs> I think he bullied me. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well,
2: what, what is RVA flat track, John? What, what does RVA stand for?
3: So in Richmond, Virginia, a lot of the, a lot of everything that goes on is, is tagged under RVA, Richmond, Virginia. So, we'd talk, you know, kind of come up with some names and RVA flat track just kind of had a ring to it. So it's it's just Richmond, Virginia flat track. So
2: Hacker, how did you guys pick the track? It was at Capital City Speedway last weekend. How did that come about?
0: Cody Johncox called me last winter and said, hey, I need somewhere to ride my twin. And uh, we had put some schools on at this track uh, eight or nine years ago. So we went there and, I told John, John said he was going to come out and we drug my kids out there just to get some laps in. And, um, the owner of the track was there and he was you know, pumped up about seeing the twin out there. And, and we just got to talking and said, what about doing a race? He said he was up for it. And, uh, John and I talked about it a little bit, talked about how we would put it together or what we would do. And, uh, we went up there uh, uh, on a Wednesday or Thursday, I think, had a meeting with them, and pretty much said we were going to go for it. Uh, figured that would be the best track. as any it's a really really neat little track, and um, it would give us the ability to, you know, take a shot at it without, um, you know, without having to to roll the dice big time. It, it was uh, it wasn't a big it wasn't like going out promoting a national or something like that. We could go in and try to get something going at a, at a budget that we could handle, you know, because we weren't sure how many people we were going to get. It was a big question of, we knew there was a lot of fan base, but, but is there a lot of fan base uh, still willing to come and, and riders? And it was kind of a little gamble, but we, John kept telling me it was going to be great, but um, I was just so nervous about the whole ordeal, just hoping that we would get some support and be able to, you know, have a good race, you know, but I, I believe that John and I really, uh, gelled well together and the two of us, the way we do things complemented each other and we just kept working hard. We both have the same work ethic, uh, same get it done, whether it's late at night, early in the morning, just put your head down and get it done. And I think all the hard work showed when, uh, when we had such a good event.
2: And, it, it did go off really well. And I think that also is, you know, because there's more people behind you, too. You guys brought in some top notch people to help out. Uh, Sarah Goad, Robbie Bobby are two that I, I see get some of the credit. You asked Sammy Sebedra to do the announcing. But, John, how did you guys, you know, kind of pick and choose who would help you in this event? Or did people come to you guys?
3: No, we just, we just, get, we were kind of sitting around talking and be like, oh, you know what? Sammy would be good on the mic. He's never announced a race, but his personality is just infectious. So I think he'd be good. And then, and then Hacker's like, well, Robbie, Robbie, he can do all the timing and stuff. It's just, we just sat and talked about stuff, and it just, it all came together so well. It was, it was unbelievable how well it came together. And then Sarah, Thanks. Sarah's, you know, Sarah's been around racetracks longer than I've been alive. She, you know, she knows her way around a racetrack. So it was just, it was everything just came together so well.
2: Yeah, it it sounds like it. Uh, the scene has hasn't been on fire lately. You guys had to been a little bit nervous putting on a race in Virginia. I know there's other things that happened in Virginia, but Hacker, were you nervous about throwing this race out there? And and, and just, you know, I mean, like there's not been nothing going on for a while
0: death. Every day he would have to talk me <laughs> off the cliff, you know, I'd go, I don't know, John. I don't know if this is gonna work, man. You sure we're gonna be able to do this? And uh I was super nervous about it because um you just what I just was unsure. Flat tracking had not been here uh for a long time and I and I think uh I think everybody was just screaming for it that you know they were wanting it. But we, we didn't know that until we started promoting it. I, I started feeling good After we put the first post out and John called me and said, man, we got 80 some shares in one day and and the amount of impressions and the algorithms or whatever, all that good stuff. You know, he said it was pretty crazy how it performed. I think we're going to be okay. And I and I, you know, I was still nervous. I was nervous until we were done on Saturday night. That's just my personality, you know. Yeah,
2: you've got to be worried about everything. I cover everything. I want to start with uh, the, the weekend. It started off Friday with practice. How did that day go? Because I didn't get to see any of that stuff. I was out running around here. I didn't get to see anything on practice. Was practice day? Did it go smooth? Did you learn anything that you could use the next day? Hey, John, let's talk about practice day on Friday. How did it?
3: How did it go for you? i think practice went well i think we we figured out what the track was going to do what kind of moisture we needed to put in the track so i think it was important that we had a practice day so we could have a, a successful race day okay hacker did you have anything to add
0: on that yeah i think it was great you know right away when it got dark john noticed some dark spots in the track that we were uncomfortable with so we were able to get some light towers out there and uh you know, like he said, with the, the moisture in the track and how to prep the track so that we could, you know, have a have a racetrack that was able to be passed on and and do some uh, really good racing. And, and it gave everybody a chance who wasn't sure about the track. Uh, the riders also a chance to go out there and cut some laps and, and make them feel good about what was getting ready to happen.
2: All right, Hacker, explain to me what Robbie Bobby did on Friday that was kind of cool.
0: So Robbie's just awesome, uh, in general, you know, anybody that's around him, he, he, you know, he's a bit of a clown and he makes, you know, stressful things, not stressful. And he, he came in, he was able to have a transponder line, uh, have the transponders get all of the race stuff or, uh, uh orchestrated and get everything lined up for us. And, you know, he, He's really I don't, I don't know if, if everybody even knows how good uh, he is at what he does there. I mean, he's got that stuff down to an art, and uh, I was kind of even Sarah and Johnny Goad uh, said they were kind of blown away with what uh, Robbie was able to do with him being up in the tower and watch him in action and watch him uh, do his thing. But everybody was kind of blown away how how he's got a, a killer setup in what he's doing, and he knows what's going on.
2: If we could ever get his computer to stop making that noise, it it beeps like every 30 seconds, and it just drives me nuts when I have to sit beside him.
0: (laughs) I didn't have to sit by him, so I didn't hear it.
2: (laughs) Good for you. I also heard on Friday on practice day, he threw up some money for the fastest lap. I think that's pretty cool, too.
0: Oh, yeah, that was awesome. And then that triggered a couple other people, and, uh, you know, just little stuff like that. Just all of a sudden, he he decides to do that. And now everybody in the whole pit area is pumped up, and we're all stoked, and we're on the radio, and it just creates all this excitement. You know he just he he can make he can make sitting in a mud puddle exciting, you know, because he's going to try to throw some money and see who can hold their head under the water longest or something. you know it's, <laughs> he just does that,
2: yeah, and I, I mean, I know he's insinuated foot races and you know, lift and weight contest. He just, he likes the the element of competition and and throw some money out there and see what people will do for it. Hey, John, tell me about Mike Turner and his involvement. I think he brought out half the city out there.
3: I'm going to tell you Mike Turner. He's, he's a, he's from the fairgrounds. He's from this area and he definitely brought half the city. I think, I think he probably had 50 family members that came out to watch the race. Um, just the excitement from having a factory Honda team at a little local race, it, it just creates, it creates a dip, different atmosphere. So I, I you know, I'm thank, very, very thankful that he came and was so excited. He was so excited about coming back to Richmond and that, that means a lot. For
2: sure. So I got I, this one subject came up and I didn't know how to ask this one. So I'm going to ask hacker. Cause I like giving you the hardest time. I heard the police showed up and you guys had to take a little trip out there in a golf cart. Can you can you tell me what was going on with the when the police got involved?
0: Yeah, the popo tried to shut us down. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we are we're there everything's happening and and next thing you know on the on the radio we hear, "Hey, can we can we get some help up here at the front?" Then about 7 minutes later, "Hey, we need probably more than one." Then about 10 minutes later, all hands on deck, guys. It's getting crazy up here. We don't know where they're coming from. And, you know, luckily, uh, we had Kenny Lamberti, our, uh, our GM. We called him our GM. He was up there. And we had packed, within, within a 45-minute period of time, we had packed a, a one-and-a-half-mile road on both sides. Then out to the main road, one mile to the left, one mile to the right to get lined up to get into this place and uh, the cops had to come because there was so much traffic and we had to have a conversation with them and uh, you know try and, and get everything resolved because we had we didn't expect the traffic that we had gotten uh, and it was a little bit of a scared moment you know I, I all I could think about is that we were getting ready to get completely shut down but they were super cool and understanding and told us what we needed to do and we kept on rocking.
2: So does the car track normally have that big of a crowd or did you guys set a, a record or some sort? I mean, the, the facility had to been happy about it. John, do you have, do you have any idea if the, if that track's ever had that many spectators before?
3: Well, the owner, the owner and the people that run the track said, they've never seen anywhere close to that many people there. I mean, it was, there was people walking two miles to come to the race. Wow. They were parked out on the other side of the main road at the, at a, another car dealership which I, I figured we would get some calls about how many cars were parked over there, but we never did on Sunday or Monday. So it was good. Life is good.
2: That's great. Next subject I want to talk about is both of you had kids that raced, and both of your kids won. John, I, I actually saw you and, and your kid down there at, at Florida at, at bike week. And I got to speak to you a little bit after the races in Ocala and it it had to be a proud moment for you to see, your child win a race at the race that you're first promoting.
3: Oh, I was super proud. I've got I've got five year old twins, and when we got back from Florida, my little girl decided that she wanted to race too. So both of them this past weekend were out there racing. It was her first race, and okay. then to see him go as to see him go as fast as he was going, and to see Riley, Mike's daughter, go as fast as she was going. They they went both of them went way faster than they've gone any time we've gone out there riding. So it was just, it was a super proud moment for Richmond. That's great. I didn't know you had twins
2: and I didn't know both of them raced. I just knew your little boy won the race. And then Mike, your daughter, not only was it her first race, but she sang the national anthem and then she goes out there and wins by a hefty margin. I saw a video just earlier this week that left out, put out, how excited was dad standing in the infield while she's out there winning a race?
0: Yeah, I was blown away by her I, really the whole night, you know, because we've spent a lot of time with John and Jaden and Ella and, and you know, uh, the first first day that Jaden rode at John's Without Training Wheels, we were there with them and, and working with them and just having fun. And then to see them two kids go out there and uh, ride their hearts out, you know, they wanted to, you know, the, even though they're young, they wanted to win for the hometown crowd and John and I both, know what that feels like. So it, it was super cool to see that. I was proud of Riley. Um, I was proud of my other daughter. You know, she was there. Uh, my wife, you know, we, Johnny and Sarah Go taught me when I was younger that you have to do it as a family. And we've always carried that with everything we've did. And uh, just having the whole family there and Caitlin working on the 50, 50 raffle and doing this and Riley racing and singing the national anthem and Tina working up front with John's wife, Terry, and Everybody just it, it was just a, a big family uh, oriented thing with everybody, and it was just super cool to see them guys race like that, and me and John give each other a high five as we watch the kids go out and win some races, you know
2: yeah, John, I I know when when promoters put on a first event, there's growing pains. I haven't heard one single negative thing that happened last weekend or one thing that you guys overlooked. Was there something that you could take away to make the next event better?
3: If we have another race there, I will say the biggest thing would be the parking situation. Um, But as far as I wasn't, I wasn't nervous at all at the beginning. Mike was super nervous. And then the two days before the race stomach started twirling. I started getting nervous, but I think between him and I, we, we worked so well together and then having Robbie, Bobby and having Sammy and Sarah. And we had a very, it was all about a team. It wasn't just him and I, it was, it was the team that we had made. Everything just run. The races ran flawlessly.
2: Sounds great, man. I'm so, I'm so impressed. I'm so proud. I'm so happy for you guys. Uh, hacker. I just kind of threw that out there. I was kind of teasing a little bit, but you guys got to do this again, right? You're going to have more races.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, I'm a man of faith, and I feel like God puts us in the uh, circumstances and situations for a reason, and and I can't help but feel from the start of this with John and I, you know, not talking to each other for years uh, because of busy, not because of anything other than busy life, and then, you know, bringing us together, uh, getting this race going, Dale Jones, you know, Sarah, Johnny, uh, Robbie, Bobby, Sammy. Carter, you know, everybody, it it was like someone else was driving, and I can't help but think that this is what we're supposed to do. So uh, I'm definitely on board for more races, and and, uh, I feel like this is what we're supposed to be doing right now to to make a difference in people's lives and to to get some flat-tracking going in Virginia.
2: Do you think it will happen in the immediate future or down the road or possibly next year, Hacker?
0: We're going to do something – as long as my partner is uh, up for it and i think he is we're going to do something this year
2: okay i love it would you would you reach out and try a different racetrack or are you going to go somewhere else
0: i think that's one of the the questions that him and i are going to have to answer for each other together is uh i think that's a great little track i think it puts together some awesome racing so i don't want to lose track of that place but you know, without letting a whole bunch of stuff out, out of the bag, I think him and I both have a dream that we share together that hopefully we can make a reality sometime in the future.
2: That would be great. I, I got one more question for Hacker, and then I'm going I'm to go back to John. But I got a message on Twitter and said the, the mud flap was going to be there. We had it all set up. Carter was going to try to find him. And then we got another message saying he got arrested and he missed your event. So did you did you go bail him out after the event was over or is is the mud flap still sitting in jail?
0: I don't I don't know, but I did not see him there. That's I do know that I did not see him there. So I'm not sure. All right. Well
2: we're we're still trying to figure out who he is. I think you know who it is. I, I thought it was you at first because they you know they're always giving us a hard time here with off the groove, but uh, the mud flap's grown a fan to be a fan of off the groove and and one day I'm gonna see him face to face. Um I know who
0: he is. I know I know who he is.
2: I, I'm pretty sure you do, so uh I do. <laughs> so you, you guys gotta keep us keep us in check. Let us know when your next race is. We'll start talking about it here on Off the Groove, and we will do our best for Carter, myself, and Sammy to come back out there with Left Out and give you guys the the, the best coverage in the world. And I just want to be out there. I want to enjoy the the race. It looked like you guys had such a good time. And uh, just just let us know when the next race is coming up. How's that? And,
3: and we promise this time, Mike Mike and I will not be out directing traffic the whole race. we're going to have a better plan well Uh, i'll come up
2: in direct traffic i don't care i just want to be a part of it
0: listen one more thing i wanted to add because uh we were we were name dropping everybody that was a part of this so you know another person that was majorly uh involved with us and has a lot of uh education on all this stuff with marketing and And there's a lot of things he said to me in the beginning when I told him I wanted to do a race that I didn't think he knew what he was talking about. And he did, uh, was Corey Texter. You know, he, he was majorly uh, plugged in with John and I willing to help us, uh, you know, facilitate our, our first race. So he could have said, Hey guys, you're on your own. It's rough. It's tough. Uh, have a good time. But he was more than willing to guide us through some stuff. And I, I know, I feel like I could speak for John and I both that we really appreciated what Corey did for us for sure.
2: That's, that's top notch right there. Cause he's another promoter that is promoting the exact same kind of event you are, but his just happens to be in Florida, you know, earlier in the year. So I think it, 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 it speaks for him to reach out to help you guys. I think, which will also, you know, help him out in the future, give him a place to race. Maybe his son Cruz can start racing at some of your events here real soon. So I think, I think that's great. Um, we have, you know, said who all helped you but John do you want to say thanks to anybody before we let you go
3: You know I have to thank I have to thank all of our sponsors as well cuz you know our, our title sponsor was Page Auto Group of course I'm a little partial to them cuz I work for them um but if if it wasn't for all of the sponsors that we had you know Indian Progressive Turner Honda and and the list goes on we couldn't we could not have done this
2: Hacker do you want to say thanks to anybody
0: yeah, you know, all those guys, there was a lot of people that said, okay, this is what you want to do. We're in. You know, uh, Presidential Bank Mortgage, the company that I work for, they came in with a dash for cash. And uh, some local uh, Maronis, you know, I wrote for them years ago, and Maroni said, hey, if you're doing something, we're in. And uh, there was just so many people that uh, believed in what John and I was trying to do to get this thing going. Uh, a big, huge thanks to uh, Kenny Lamberti for being. Uh, like the third leg to the tripod there for the race you know he came on board and uh, John and I couldn't have done what we did without him there we joked around and called him our GM but he did a he did a great job helping assist us to you know make this race go off like it did Clayton Oliver came out and helped us Dale Jones and Charlie Roberts class of 79 you know a bunch of local guys just came out and uh great fellowship and a bunch of people wanting to put on a good flat-track race. It just felt really good to be around it. It was such a positive experience.
2: I think next time, we'll have to put Jake Johnson on a motorcycle. I mean, I know he's the highest decorated yellow flag worker ever, but I'd like to see him out there on a motorcycle.
0: I wanted him to ride so bad I could taste it, but I don't, I don't push uh, Jake. I, I, uh, I, when he got there, I said, did you bring your uh, gear bag? And he said, I didn't do it on purpose, because he knew what I was up to uh and i think i think we could probably get him on a motorcycle the next time he thought the track was pretty cool himself
2: good deal john nickens mike hacker thank you so much for your time congratulations on your maiden voyage as race promoters and i can't wait to see what the future has for you too
0: thank you thank you very much
2: you think those guys are good friends or what I think so. Even though it seems like they didn't talk for quite a while, you You know what? I think that that applies to everybody in flat track. You know, there's just a bond there. Like I think I could go back to guys I used to race against. If I haven't talked to them since I quit racing, but I I bet I could call up some of these guys that I made main events with or lined up against, and I could just pick up like like it was just yesterday that we saw them. I think they were kind of in the same boat for a little while, Mm -hmm. and then. They got together. They started putting their heads together. And then here we are yeah. putting on races. I saw John Nickens. His little boy was down in Florida racing. Now his I, – I didn't know his little boy had a twin. Now possibly she might start racing. Yeah. And Hacker's daughter you know, is racing now. And that was her first race. And, you know, like you said earlier in the open, she stole the show. So yeah. it's so cool. I love the Flat Track family and a lot of different people – came together for this event i know it's hacker and nickens idea but you put the goads in there johnny and sarah goad you put dale jones you put uh they're, they're just the, the the people are endless but we talked about several of them during that uh interview yeah. and i loved every second of it
1: yeah it's good stuff man and i had never never met sarah goad or johnny goad until last weekend I, I was standing in that tower hearing stories from sarah um watching her kind of help uh give advice and and you know it, it's so real and so raw and so flat track man like uh it's just that's so cool and to see all those people come together and and work as well as they did together uh you don't see that every day you don't see that uh, you know not just in flat track you don't see that anywhere uh that chemistry that that happened and i've never worked with anybody but except for sammy on, on anything and I just, I was able to fit right in, man. And I was just running around putting cameras in people's faces. And, and I talked to hacker afterwards and he was just like, I love the content that you captured. And I was like, I was like, you put on an event like that hacker. It makes it easy. All I did was hit record (laughs) and put a camera in people's face. Like they, it's, it was, it's, it's, it's so easy to capture it when it's that real. Um, so, uh, I just want to say again, I've said it a million times and I'll say it a million more uh, I'm gonna remember that weekend, that event for the rest of my life. Uh, that it's it's an amazing, amazing event to be a part of. I'm so honored to to have been able to go up there and be part of it. Thanks to thanks to John, thanks to Mike, thanks to Sammy for announcing because that was really the the thing that sparked me to to buy my flight right away. So uh, and everybody that made it there, everybody that made it special. Thank you so much. Uh, can't wait to do it again.
2: Yeah, great podcast great event last weekend and i just wish i could have been there but it seems like it all worked out and i uh, got to stay uh, kind of close to home make some money while i was here and uh, just getting ready for the next event atlanta may 1st you're not doing anything between then i think i'm taking this weekend off i'd originally planned on driving all the way out to uh to man bristol tennessee Ooh. i started looking at the map and the mileage and i uh just elected not to go so I, i'm saying close to home this weekend uh actually lakeside's got a race in kansas city i might run up there i don't know Stony's drag racing who knows what this guy's gonna do when i wake up you know you never know
1: i love it i'm actually taking the weekend too to uh, to get shit up like tied it up around the house because i may be going to atlanta i don't know yet i want to just i'm on the fence right just,
2: now just just do it just just do it just jump jump in that yellow jeep and go north you can make it <laughs>
1: yeah we'll see we'll see
2: uh well oh, anything man. else bro that's all i got no i just appreciate all the listeners all the followers smash that like button tell all your friends and especially thanks to all of our patrons on patreon yes you yeah, yeah check that out uh we definitely appreciate all of their support thank you guys for so much for being a part of what we do uh hit us up
1: if you have any questions we'll answer them during these uh during these shows just like uh just like we did
2: today and uh keep on keeping on what else that's it Why don't you keep it on four wheels? The rest of us will keep it on two wheels. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Peace. Later. Now now we're done recording. do you want to hear my favorite story about Johnny Goat?